0: Hi, I'm Shane from Total Party Thrill, and you're listening to The Redemption Podcast. Michael here, and I want to take just a few minutes of your time to talk to you about the artisans of Elderwood Academy. They craft amazing gaming products, including dice towers, dice trays, deck boxes, dice boxes, dice, and more. Elderwood Academy takes it one step further by crafting all their products to look like the awesome fantasy gear that we love. Spellbooks, scroll cases, codexes, and more. I'd like to make special mention of the beautiful spellbooks. They're an RPG gaming box. They come with an insert that can be customized to fit the things you would like, such as your dice, maybe some tokens or a pen. There is a dry erase board inserted into the lid, and the exterior of the box can look like a number of different books. They have nine different materials for the covers, and then there are a number of inlays and graphics you can have as well for the front of it. It can look like almost anything. In fact, these can be customized as well for a small additional fee. They're a gorgeous and very easy way to carry all the materials you might need from your game table to convention back to your home. Head on over to elderwoodacademy.com slash don't split to see this and many other amazing products. They have a variety of price points available as well as gift cards. So you're sure to find something that won't empty your gold pouch.
1: This is Redemption. An actual play podcast set in the Star Wars role-playing game system. With Chris Berlew as the GM and also the droid R3A1. Andy Fox as the mysterious Duros Isla Zarla. Kaylee Jung as the Twi'lek Jedi Knight Carell. And Michael Waldschlager II as the Duros pilot Tazi. Episode 504, A1's Big Adventure. The real A1 and the fake A1 are now safely back aboard ship. And while that is all well and good where has the real a1 been all this time and more importantly how did he escape his cruel captivity it's fine
0: no I'm, again this is just a little thing for me it's a little tozy like little thing i'm just it's good let's just move on Corel checked him he's fine he obviously doesn't mind that he had his, all his panels open and his interior was showing and
1: that's okay i'm just a little weird by it that's all so yeah like I said, Tello didn't do it. She actually helped me escape. Okay, that's... Wait, who helped you escape?
0: Somebody else we don't know. Tello? Nada. Who's, uh, who's Tello? Can you project a hollow of what Tello looks like? You record everything, I assume, still.
1: Yeah. Uh, he projects an image of a uh, Keldor and a red-skinned Twi'lek. Oh, yeah, I can tell you the story. The camera opens up. We see a shot of a small moon-sized space station that resembles a huge wheel with a central axis running down the center. From the axis are two main spokes that lead out to the circular section. At the top of the axis lies a mid-sized circular section and at the bottom is a smaller circular section. We can see light from thousands of portholes and windows dot every part of the station. The camera zooms in through one of these windows and stops at the doors of one of the transport tubes. The doors start open, and we see Ardith, our favorite Zextos pilot that tried to crash the ship over Ryloth, and behind him we see R3A1. Uh, Ardith moves forward off of the lift, but A1 doesn't move at first. Ardeth turns, looks back, smiles a toothy grin. He holds up a little remote and says to A1, Still trying to be defiant. Remember, my little device not only works as a restraining bolt, but every time this button is pushed, a small piece of your memory bank will be erased. Artith taps a little small oval-shaped device attached to the front of A1. With that, A1 begins to move forward and follows Artith. We follow the two as they're traveling through the busy hallways on the wheel. And A1 notices a familiar person walking past them. He locks his optics onto this male human, who's of average height, looks to be in very good shape, has brown hair that's pulled back into a short ponytail, and has a face that has a few days worth of stubble on it. A1's dome follows this man as he walks past him, going in the opposite direction. It's apparent to A1 that this man does not want to be recognized as he kind of avoids meeting A1's gaze. Ardeth leads A1 to a little bit more seedy part of the station. He enters a small general store, and as the clerk approaches, Ardeth does not even give this young female Nemoidian a chance to talk. He thrusts a data pad in her face, she smiles, bows slightly, and leads him to a back room. In this back room, we see a few tables with several electronic and mechanical devices laid out on them. Behind one of the tables, we see a Kaldor. What does this Kaldor look like?
2: She is wearing a mechanic's jumpsuit. She has goggles, but then she has, like, an extra pair for magnifying, if that makes sense, like a jeweler's mm-hmm. glasses. And she's kind of pinkish-colored. And then, of course, she has the big mask thing that all Kaldor wear, breathing. Ardith
1: walks up, looks at you, and just says, Are you Telonata? That's me. Excellent. I hear you have a reputation for making things go boom.
2: (laughs) That's one way you could put it. All the while, I'm like working on something at my bench and I haven't even really looked up to see this person.
1: Excellent. I need you to put a little present inside this R3 unit then I will deliver it to uh, those that took my family away
2: at this point I do look at him and I kind of look at the R3 unit and I say what do I get
1: well two things first your boss here on the station has already been paid and second I don't let uh, Gardula know where you are she would be very happy to find the bomb maker that failed to assassinate her
2: yeah yeah sure okay if it's orders it's orders leave them here I'll get to it and then I go back to my bench and my little gadget I'm working on
1: Ardith looks at you and says, I give you two days and deliver him to docking base 62. Then he tosses a remote on the table and it rolls towards you. If the droid gives you any problems, that's a special restraining bolt.
2: I don't look up, I just move my hand to stop it. And I say, I'm sure I won't have any troubles. I usually don't with this sort of thing.
1: Good, and then he turns and quickly walks out the room, and as he's leaving the room, he rudely brushes past a Twi'lek that happens to be walking in, and what does this Twi'lek look like?
3: Crystalla Killistair? Yes, that is her name, and she is a red Twi'lek. She has quite long leku, she's very proud of her, the length of her leku. She's wearing a uh, long-beaded dancing skirt um, with a short bra-type shirt with long, dangling beads that clang together when she walks.
1: As Cristallo walks in, she sees a new droid sitting there, kind of looks over at both of you, and then you clearly hear him say, Please don't do it. Which is odd, because most astromech droids talk in beeps and clicks. And this one clearly spoke.
2: I look over at him and I see Crystal and I just smile at her. I'm like, oh, hey! Oh. Uh, hang on a second. And then I go to the droid and I'm trying to look at it to determine why it can talk. And I've been around my fair share of droids. This to me comes off as like quite odd, even
3: though I'm looking at uh, Tello and. It's quite extraordinarily uh, beautiful, but um, the the fact of the matter is that this droid speaking is kind of taking me aback, and the dynamic of the room is kind of strange.
1: When you get up and look at him, on the front of his chassis, up towards the top, you see a small little box that you can see a speaker on it. You can tell that's a vocoder. But you also notice there's an oval-shaped device attached to the front. That's shaped kind of like a restraining bolt, only about four times the size.
2: I tap on the corner and I said, Ah, that'll do it. Why are you so yeah. scared to become a bomb, little droid?
1: Because he's going to blow up my family.
2: Droids don't have families.
1: I do.
3: I have a really soft spot for droids. I don't know why. And, like, the fact that he's like, My family, I'm going to blow up my family, like, it hurts me. Like, it, it makes me really sad. <laughs>
2: So I look over to Crystalla, and she's giving me these big eyes and a pouty lip. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I won't do it. That's what you want, right? Well, I mean, y-
3: yeah, but I kind of overheard that guy kind of saying, like, it's either this or your freedom, you know?
2: Well, I don't really have much freedom anyway. If we could
1: get back to Coruscant, I could help with that. I have a connection with the Jedi and some senators.
2: What? How does a droid that was brought to the wheel as a captive have connections to Jedi?
1: I travel with the Jedi. Have you ever heard of the Crowlet's Fang?
2: Hang on. Uh, I want to roll a lore or something to see if I've heard, if I've uh, seen the hollow page. All right.
1: Uh, Just roll a lore. Make it average, so two purple.
2: Uh, that is... I can't remember which is which. All right, that's one failure and three advantages.
1: You've heard of the Kralitz Fang, but the only thing you've heard about is that's the crew that tried to assassinate Count Dooku, and they are wanted by the Separatists. But you might find it a little hard to believe the Jedi would try to assassinate somebody.
2: So you're telling me... A Jedi is on the Krellitz Fing, the ship the crew that tried to assassinate Count Dooku.
1: Yeah. She wasn't a Jedi then.
2: Right. And I just kinda of look at Crystalla and be like, Do you do you believe this
3: guy? Well, um i normally believe Droids. I haven't really had a droid that slide to me, so I mean, he could be telling the truth. Why would I lie? To save yourself and then take us someplace and bring us to our doom? I don't know. It, those are all
2: options.
1: True. But if I wanted you dead, wouldn't I just let you put the bomb in and then detonate it myself?
2: Well, you wouldn't have the detonator. Surely you don't think that I would allow you to blow up whenever you want, and I pat his head.
3: <laughs> good point. But I'm not lying. I think he's kind of right, like he could just blow himself up if he really felt like it.
2: Listen, sweetheart. I know that you don't you're not into the whole engineer thing, but I'm very good at what I do. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, fine. Okay, so we have this droid, wow. and we're not going to blow him up, which goes directly against, you know, orders. And your freedom. Yeah, that.
1: Well, if we could just find a way off the station.
2: So I kind of raise my eyebrow, Ridge, and I look over at Crystal and I'm like... We look at each other, and we go, Whitesnake. White
1: Snake! Hey, one looks at both of you. What?
3: White Snake is my ship.
2: We could get a ship. You have a ship? Oh yeah, sort it's of. A,
3: it's well, well, it's a light freighter, but it was uh, it was taken over by the uh, the gangster Dominic Rainer, and we were stuck here to pay off some.
2: I will. I, w- I was. It's not important. It's not important. It's not important. Uh, okay. It's... Okay.
3: Well, yeah. you don't need our whole life story. D- it was stolen from me, Okay. Well,
2: that's about it's it. Sort of indentured servitude. Sort of. It doesn't matter. Let's get the ship. Well, I'm sure we can get it. I mean, we got this droid now. Got it. So there's probably
1: guards and computer lockdowns, and you guys can't get past them, correct?
2: Uh, well, uh, I'm sure we could if we really tried hard, but we had never had a reason to, you know, before. And uh, I mean, I was a ship captain. I
3: can, I can do anything, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm uh, pretty good with a, a pistol
2: we continue trying to bluff a1 and uh I'll, I'll be like well but you know it's really a three person job and we didn't have three people before and that's and ne- now, but now you, we have we you you're
3: one more and you're a droid and you're you're way um you're way more skilled at some of this um stuff got it
1: so i can get past the computer lockdowns and i know somebody on station that might be able to help us get past the guards we just have to find him
2: oh really and then if you can help us out once we're in coruscant with those other you know shiny problems we had
1: yep i can talk to the jedi and the senators i have worked with
2: i give crystal a look at that like (laughs) krifia sort of look (laughs)
3: And I and then I'm looking at the the droid and 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 I'm like, "Okay, well then who is this person? What is his name and like where was his last known location?"
1: I saw him on the hallway. I think he's here undercover. So we can't run around using his name. But he's a very powerful warrior. He's a very fit human male with brown hair and a little ponytail. If we can just find him.
2: Okay, yeah, sure, that should be easy. There's only, like, you know, a billion people or whatever on the wheel. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we can find him. Don't be
3: sarcastic. I... Droids can't take sarcasm.
2: Well, okay.
1: Anyone just is like, yeah, if we can just find him.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be hard, is what I'm saying. Can... I'm sorry, Chrisala.
3: Can you hack into, like, the security system of all the footage for the whole wheel and see if you can spot him on any of the cameras?
1: Sure. And he rolls over to a little computer port, plugs in. Wow. Alright, that's uh, one success with an advantage. He pulls up the footage of the security camera as him and Ardith were walking on and he points to the screen with his little hand. He pops out of his dome. That's the guy the guy walking past us and he freezes frame on there and clearly see the picture of the man's face and you can tell he is in good shape and he's trying to look like he is a little dirty and a little rough but he's na- naturally somebody who takes care of himself. Uh, that's coming off the one of the lifts heading towards docking bay 62 and you know going in the direction he was going, he would be heading towards the uh, one of the casinos. I think it's the Gold Star Casino.
2: Oh, he's probably gonna go to the Gold Star Casino. Oh, yeah, that's where I work. We should
3: probably just go there then, because there's some pretty good vantage points in there. We can just, like, check the whole room.
2: Alright, so we'll go to the Gold Star Casino.
3: Should we leave him here? As we, like, are talking at the droid, but not <laughs> necessarily to him. Like, we're having a side conversation above his head. <laughs>
2: well, how hard do you think it'll be to get this guy? Do you think we'll need the extra help?
3: Um, we could be less inconspicuous without him.
2: That's true.
3: But we have to come back and get him.
2: That's also true.
3: What do you think as we, you look down at the droid?
1: Uh, if you take me and Arth sees us that could be an issue you have to explain why you're running around with me
2: alright you just stay put here and I pat his head again
1: alright when you find him just uh, whisper in his ear say uh, Master Ray's one of Knight Tarnus's crewmates needs your help
2: so I'm going to grab the the restraining bolt um, remote and just kind of pocket that And then tell the droid, just stay here, we'll be right back. And we'll head out towards the... Gold Star Casino. Gold Star Casino.
1: As you start to leave, he puts his hand on your arm. You don't need the remote. Matter of fact, if you want to just take the restraining device off, you can.
2: I'll just look at him, I'll be like, maybe once I'm sure.
1: He kind of just rolls back and sits in the corner kind of looking almost looking down at the ground a little sad
2: my little heart's breaking for a1 because i love a1 so much
1: well and what Lindsay doesn't know is a1's biggest fear is having his memory
3: erased
2: oh i know you said that and i was like no A1. oh it's so it's so sad
3: i can see that he's sad so i'll be like don't worry we'll be back and nothing's gonna nothing's gonna happen we promise
1: thank you And then he plugs in to power up and just sits in the corner waiting.
3: My heart hurts. (laughs) Like a little puppy. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, gives you, like, the sad eyes when you leave. We'll be back, buddy. (laughs) Don't worry.
2: I'm so sorry. I'll get you a dog (laughs) sitter where you don't have to be here alone.
3: (laughs) So we start heading towards the Gold Star Casino, and I'll have you, like, grab my waist. Kind of in, like, a hey, we've been hanging out and you've been paying me kind of stance.
2: Yeah, I lock my shop up and then Cristala, like, grabs my arm to put it around her waist. I'm like, oh. Uh, and I look very pleasantly surprised and then, like, I'm just like, all about it.
3: I guess then we, we walk towards uh, the Gold Star Casino.
2: Yeah, looking like uh, she maybe just did a private dance.
3: Like my- r- like room service. Yeah. For dances. <laughs> uh, we follow you
1: guys as you walk through the hallways and Get to the casino. And it's a large casino. It's pretty loud, very bright, very busy. It's the main casino here on the wheel.
2: Okay, so um, I think our goal is, are there like multi-tiers, like mul- multiple like levels or like a balcony that we could look down?
1: Uh, there's probably a couple levels. Since it's kind of a circular-shaped platform, I wouldn't think there'd be a ton of levels. It's more spread out.
2: Well, I was thinking, like, um, if we could get one main level, we can get up on top of the look down. Yeah, like oh, yeah get sure. on a balcony and then look down on like the main level, sort yeah. of thing.
3: Yep,
1: you guys can do that.
2: So right. we'll go up the stairs and then scan, start scanning the crowd.
1: All right, go ahead and make uh, perception checks. Just make the difficulty two purple, and since you went up uh, a level, give yourself a blue die as well—a little boost die.
3: Okay, so uh, Cristalla got four successes successes and one disadvantage.
2: Okay. And Tello got one success and two disadvantages.
1: (laughs) You guys see him. He is uh, currently sitting up near the bar, and he is talking with the bartender. And as you guys are scanning around, one of Cristalla's regulars comes up. Hi, little human male. Hi.
2: Um, how are you today? I kind of awkwardly drop my hand that was still around her waist and just like take half a step away from her. C- could
1: I have a, a, a you know. And he's pointing over at one of the little couches. She's awkwardly asking for a dance
3: guy we're trying to talk to, does he look like he's in depth in conversation? Like, I could just, like, dance right here.
1: Currently, he looks like he's just talking to the bartender. Probably trying to get some information from the bartender on something.
3: Okay. Well, I'll have uh, Tello go keep watch. And then I choose a couch that I can still keep watch from above. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so you'll go keep watch down at the bar, and I'll keep a watch from above and take care of this customer.
2: I kind of like angry, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I go off uh, to go downstairs to the bar.
3: So I take the man by the hand and I walk him over to the couch.
1: So Cristalla, you're dancing with the customer who is very happy. And Tello, you notice that the gentleman you're following, he talks with the bartender a little bit and he walks over and he's talking with a Rodian who's pointing off towards a door. And you see he kind of starts heading towards that door.
2: Uh, so he's not at the bar anymore. He's
1: nope. Yeah, it looks like the bartender led him to the Rodian who's now leading him somewhere else.
2: Discreets not so much my style. I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna try and like tap him on the the shoulder and uh. Hey, J'Anthony!
1: Tap him on the shoulder, and he turns around. I apologize, ma'am. I think you have me mistaken for somebody else.
2: Oh, no, no, no. We're, uh, remember we met that one time? Is the Rodian still ne- near?
1: Uh, no, he walked away from the Rodian.
2: Uh, no, remember we met that one time, and, uh, I have, uh, something to tell you about one of our mutual acquaintances, uh, you know, privately.
1: He eyes you pretty suspiciously. And then walks off to the side. Still out in the open where other people can see him, but away from the crowd a little bit. He says, I don't believe we have met. Can I help you?
2: Yeah. Uh, so we haven't. Uh, that was a very clever ruse, if I do say so myself. Uh, one of the Knight Tarnus's crewmates needs your help. One of Master Ray's crew.
1: Interesting. And which crew needs my assistance?
2: He sent me to find you. Short Is fellow.
1: It, he looks a little confused. I have met the tall, drunk pilot and the arrogant Nautilin. I don't remember a short fellow on their crew.
3: I can I
2: take you to
3: him. At this point, I guess I am I see that this conversation is happening and I uh, stop the lap dance, or the lap dance is stopped and I am proceeding down to where Tello is and where this guy is to kind of jump into the conversation. And, like, I hear them over-talking over and, and I jump in and I'm like, it's right down the way, he's the one that sent us here to, to find you.
1: Uh, very well. I will follow you.
2: Uh, okay, so we lead him back to my shop.
1: He follows you to the shop and walks in and looks around. I really don't have time for games, ma'am. Where is this crew member that needs my help?
2: This isn't a game! This is serious! I go, while she's berating him, I go over to A1.
1: He's sitting in the corner, and then he... Unplugs. Oh, uh, R3A1. He then rolls up, looks at Master Ray's. It's uh, been a while since I saw you, Master Ray's, and the last time we did not actually speak as I was not a member of the crew at that time. And Master Ray's is looking at him a little confused.
2: Oh, he he's at- Master Ray's. I say to Cristela. Okay. R3A1, he's Master Raze. No, no, the guy we went and got was Master Raze.
1: Master Ray's looks over at you two. It's the droid that needs my help.
2: Well, yeah, and... We all do. We kind of do, too, yeah.
1: Please explain.
2: Where should we
3: begin? This ship probably. Um,
2: we need. Oh, we uh, need to get her ship and uh, save this droid. And um... so I had
3: a I had a thing, and I lost some stuff for this gangster, and then he seized my ship, and then he forced me to be a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
2: doesn't need all that.
3: Okay. Well, I'm just saying it's part of the story here. <laughs> and then so we were forced. I was forced to work as a, basically a, a servant here on the uh, the wheel. Um, and that's where my story ends, and then Telos is...
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, what we need to do is we need to find her ship. The White Snake and commandeer it. And uh, reacquire it. And this little droid needs our help, probably. So that he doesn't die. Yeah, we need his help, probably. So that we can leave. And I just kind of look at him. Like, oh, almost with puppy dog eyes, but not quite, because I don't really have that down. <laughs> you
3: just, like, widen your eyes, like, <laughs> yeah. like you look shocked and kind of scary at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do puppy dog eyes, but instead I just kind of look really scary. <laughs> and a little weird. <laughs>
1: he looks a little confused, slightly irritated, kind of rubs his hand on the side of his head. So if I understand this correctly, you both are being forced to work here because of your dealings in the past with shadier businessmen. You want my help to reacquire your ship and to save this droid.
2: Yeah, that pretty much
3: sums it up. Yeah. Well, when you make it sound like that, um, yeah.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So you think you could... No?
1: This... That's not my original mission here. But this droid has been proven to work with the Jedi.
2: Oh and yeah, you're a Jedi, okay, yeah. Yeah, totally. Indentured servitude, slavery, you're all against that, right? That's definitely what's happening.
1: The Jedi Code allows us to reinforce the laws of the area. If that is not illegal here, then there is not much I can do from a legal standpoint
3: I mean you can illegally I he's mean, a
2: Jedi man he's not going to do anything I mean, illegal
3: well, you're not stealing it back because it's not theirs it's mine yeah
2: we just need help getting her ship
3: right exactly we're not stealing anything we're just taking back what's ours that they stole from us
2: Right, exactly. Her That's I an
3: injustice. Up. That's an injustice that we need help f- a facilitation with. Justicing injustices. Exactly. When
1: you discuss this situation in the future, the person that helped you liberate your ship, his name is Rawl, and he is not a Jedi. He is a small-time gambler trying to learn how to be a smuggler
2: oh yeah yeah we're good at that so it makes sense that he'd help us real good at smuggling the two of us well
3: her, crystal anyway that's my career, I'm a, I'm a smuggler
1: he then walks over and kneels down and leans over to A1 how long have you been away from the crew A1 says I'm not sure I was powered down for a while I'm not even sure if they're alive. And Master Ray's looks at him and says, I assure you they are, and they are heading towards Coruscant. And at that, A1 kind of perks up a little bit and rolls over and bumps into Telo. All right, let's go.
2: Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, this guy didn't kill us. You're probably not out to get us and I pop off the restraining bolt.
1: Redemption will be back after a word from our sponsor.
0: Michael here, and if you're like me, you are a new DM to the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, and you may be wondering, how can I fill out some of the campaign I'm trying to run with some interesting new encounters? Well, I have something for you. It's from Nerdarchy, and it's called Out of the Box Encounters. This book of encounters is designed to make running 5th Edition almost effortless. Each encounter in the book is chock full of content and can be used to fill in the gaps between your adventures, hook your characters into a new story, or even have entire campaigns built around them. Out of the Box Encounters is packed with wilderness, dungeon, and urban encounters, and the book has all areas of play covered, from puzzles to social interaction, even good old sword and spell sling. This book is Nerdarchy's first Kickstarter, and it's already fully funded and smashing through the stretch goals. The team collaborated with amazing people to make the book a reality, including a foreword by Matt Mercer himself and contributions from Don't Split the Pod Network's own Lisa Penrose and James Intercaso. So if you're looking for some interesting ways to spice up your campaign, check out Out of the Box Encounters at nerdarchy.com.
1: And now back to our show. Master Ray's looks at both of you. If we're going to do this, you might want to change. And he's gesturing towards Cristalla.
3: Give me ten minutes, guys. I'll be right back. And then I walk off down the hallway to the changing room.
1: There's a little montage of you guys get on more appropriate clothing for trying to steal a ship back.
3: 80s uh, clothing uh, try-on montage.
1: Just as you guys are starting to head out, A1 rolls over to uh, Tello. Thank you for trusting me and for getting rid of the restraining device.
2: He said this was special. What else does it do?
1: It's designed to slowly erase a droid.
2: As someone coming from, like, the programming aspect of like the engineer aspect of it, I don't really think that's necessarily a bad thing. So I'm like, uh, okay. That's kind of weird.
1: He looks at you. The longer a droid goes without its memory being erased, the more personality we develop and the less boring we are. You don't like boring, do you?
3: Never have. By the time you guys are having this conversation, I've come back and what is... Like a uh, like a dark army green flight suit with some patches on it, and I've got a. Um, I don't think the weapon would be would would the weapon be concealed or not?
1: It would be too hard to conceal a heavy blaster.
3: Okay, so it, it's kind of like a like a hip, like a holster.
2: Oh yeah, I should probably call, grab my and I open a drawer and I grab my uh, blaster. Also, I'm like, all right, and I holster it.
3: This I'd be like that. Yeah, that probably would come in handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's Star Wars so everybody is pretty much carrying a blaster around even master Reyes, he's got a little side satchel on and he pulls it out and puts a blaster on his hip and just looks at you guys and says shall we go I will let you lead since you know where your ship is
3: alrighty let's go after you to Crystalla. I guess I have like a like a side satchel thing kind of like Master Reyes does with my just my small personal effects because I go wherever the ship takes me.
2: All right, I have a giant backpack uh, full of tools and, like, gadgets, like half-built gadgets and, like, explosives and things to make explosives. It's packed properly, so there's no clanking. But it, it's kind of heavy, yeah.
1: You guys head down towards Docking Bay 12. And, you, Cristala, you've been there before, so you know right around that area is usually six guards they're in two groups of three and they patrol that docking bay that docking bay is controlled by the gangster dominic ray
3: hey guys just so you guys are kind of aware um there's going to be a couple sets of guards the first one is at the entry point of Docking Bay 12, and there will be three guards there. Followed along closer to where the location of the White Snake is, there will be another set of three guards. As of right now, I don't know if there will be any other guards after that.
2: Sounds easy enough.
3: And so then we look over to Master Reyes and, I guess, ask him if, if that sounds doable for him.
1: Are these well-trained guards? Are they mercenaries? Bounty hunters? Bounty hunters?
3: Um, well, Dominic Rayner, who's the boss of all of them, is a gangster, so they are basically the people that... Foot soldiers. ...protect his assets that he's taken. So, I'd say their their uh, skill level is uh, medium to um, high for protection. Uh,
1: I am familiar with him and his mining operations.
2: Yeah, right. Mining. That's what he does.
1: hmm Very well. I recommend that we... Proceed with caution.
3: I've had a lot of time to think about the planning of this operation. If we can sneak up on them and we can kind of knock them out in a way, we can use them to get through the gate, the first door of the docking bay, and then have A1 lock it out from the outside so they can't get in. So then that would take down three guards, and then we could keep moving forward, and it's about a little ways down before there's another door, but there's no guards On that side of the door, but on the other side. So we'd have to take them by the surprise.
1: I understand. Do we need the guards to open the door? Or can we
3: do it ourselves? I believe it's either a face or an eye scanner. I'm not really sure. I understand.
2: We could just, you know, blow it up. And I kind of hold up an explosive, blow them up, blow the door up, you know.
1: Simultaneously, you see A1 and Master Raises' heads turn towards you. That would alert them and bring more guards.
2: Yeah, but our plan is to just leave. And if there's guards after we leave, that's fine.
3: You can't gauge how quickly the no- more sets of guards are going to be there,
2: silly. Well, all right, fine, we'll go with your plan.
3: I kind of look over at... Tello and I'm like giving her like like I understand where you're coming from but no <laughs> kind of an way.
2: exasperated fondness is yes. what I believe it's called yes exactly like this girl's an idiot but
3: oh my gosh she's attractive
2: <laughs> uh Telo's blushing if uh as much as Keldor can blush
3: instead of turning like rosy cheeks it's just plain old like bright red well, well she's already pink and so, so then she turns white yeah 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 oh that's it's like so cute white cheeks, so. yes yes
1: So the color leaves her face when she blushes.
3: Yes! Yeah. That's so cool. I love that.
1: We need a distraction and then sneak up on them. How shall we
2: distract them? I hold up an explosive, hopefully, and like just smile. And, And
3: all of us just start shaking our head at you. Even A1, like he's turning his head. He's like, no, no. We could use A1 as a distraction.
1: A1 looks at you. Uh, How? what do you want me to do?
3: This sounds kind of weird, but can you set your system to look like it's having a meltdown but not actually having a meltdown?
1: Yeah, I could pretend to be having a malfunction. And we follow the group down towards the docking bay, and when you guys get there, it's got a a fairly large-sized blast door right there, and the first set of guards are right there, and we watch as A1 rolls up, and tries to see if he can deceive them. Let's find out. Yes, he actually succeeded with one triumph as well. A1 rolls up, gets up next to him, and we see his dome kind of start to spin a little bit, and he pops his little articulated hands out, and we see some sparks come out, and His dome starts flashing some different colors and the three guards look at him and he bumps into the first one and kind of bumps into the second one and they start backing away from him. They pull out their blasters that they have, their blaster pistols, and they cautiously back away from him, but they are definitely looking at him.
3: So um, when they're backing up, the three of us, Masterius... Tello and I will all get behind them, and um, I mean we're all kind of skilled, so I would like to put them in a like a sleeper hole
2: Okay. I would like to shoot them with a gun.
3: (laughs) No, we're not trying to. We're trying to just knock them out and then lock them out. Put it on stun.
1: You can do that too. Well, we'll just start with uh, Cristallo. You're going to try to put him in a rear naked choke. So you're going to make what's called a brawl check. Okay. And so you're going to roll your brawl, and since A1 got the triumph, go ahead and upgrade one of your green dice to a yellow, and it's just two purple. So I rolled, what did I get?
2: Um, so you got two failures and two advantages.
1: Okay. You've got a hold of him, but he manages to tuck his chin down at the last second. So you're squishing his face, but not so much hitting the arteries to cut the blood off to his head
2: with her advantages can she give me a boost die
1: absolutely and you're going to shoot at him
2: yeah i pull out my gun and cristala kind of gives me a look and then i switch it to stun
1: (laughs) uh you are short range so it's just one purple and you get your blue die for what she did and give yourself another blue die because he doesn't know you're there
2: okay so yeah, she's holding him and kind of giving me a better opportunity. Woo, and that blue meant something. Actually, I did really well. I did. I had three successes and two advantages.
1: Okay. What is your base damage? Six. So the first one goes down. Then Master Raise is going to follow your lead and fire the gun. Success with two advantages. So he hits the second one but he manages to stay up. Now we're going to roll initiative. Just roll your cool skill. There's no difficulty. Just roll whatever that is and tell me the result.
2: I got one success and three advantages. Okay. Man, there's are so much more cool than me. Three successes and one advantage.
1: So PC1 gets to go first.
2: I shoot down the guy that Crystalla is holding and then I point my gun to the other one that's by A1. Okay. Uh can I give myself a boost die for the advantages I had?
1: Yeah, you could because you had two advantages.
2: I think they lost them again. Alright, and it's still one purple?
1: Uh yes, cause it.
2: Alright. Alright, that is one success and two advantages. Okay. And my base damage again is six.
3: Okay. Next PC.
2: And I'm going to give Crystalla the boost eye for my advantages.
3: Okay. And I'm going to change mine to stun setting.
1: All right. You can fire it. Both of them that are still up have taken some damage.
3: Two successes.
1: All right. Fire and stun hits him squarely and he falls down. The last one, it's his turn. He is going to attempt to step away from you and hit the alarm. Cristala, what is your brawl?
3: One yellow, one green.
1: He is going to try to push past you to get to the alarm. And he fails. So he was not able to push past you, and it is Master Ray's turn. He will try to shoot him, but he is now engaged, so that upgrades his difficulty. And he fires and takes that one out all three of them are now unconscious, laying on the ground.
3: Yay! <laughs> so then, I guess, would it be an eye scanner, or face scanner, or hand scanner? Which one would you like it to be? Probably hand scanner the easiest. Okay. I'll take the first guy that I got shot down, and I'll drag him over and put his hand on the hand scanner. Does it open?
2: Yep. And then we have three more guys?
3: Yeah, so we walk down the corridor. And then at the end of the corridor, there's another door, but guys are on the other side of the door, not the side that we're walking into. You know what I mean?
1: To lock, you guys walk in, and A1 rolls right over to the control panel and plugs this little port in.
2: Hey, you want some help with that, little buddy? I don't remember how assisting works, but I also have computers. Uh, you
1: roll your computer check.
2: that's what this would be. A-
1: against uh, the difficulty, which is three purple. Any successes you get will give him blue dye.
2: Okay, so it's three purple. Yep. Right. I did in fact not help at all, <laughs> not even sort of. I got two failures, <laughs> so I'm getting in his way.
1: All right. Did you get any threats?
2: No, they all. Uh, okay. They all cancel out. Yeah,
1: the threats could potentially give him black dice, but if you didn't get any, we're good. He looks at you. As he's looking at you, he says, oh, I appreciate the effort. And he never takes his little optic off of you. And you see the door shut. You hear it click lock. Then you see the blast door close. On the outside, it locks. Then you see the little scanner kind of sizzle and fry. He got a uh, triumph and three successes. He goes, yeah, that won't open anytime soon.
3: He's way cooler than you.
2: Excuse me?
3: Oh, you know it's true. I,
2: did you not just see how I heroically took out that guy who you had in a sleeper hold? You wanted to kill him.
3: I had it on stun. I, I'm just saying, A1 was a, had a perfect performance out there.
2: Well, he, uh, I get flustered and I kind of walk ahead.
3: And I run after her and like grab her hand and say, it's going to be Okay. <laughs>
2: And I, I get my little
3: white cheeks again. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I love the white cheeks. And then uh, we go to the next door. As you guys finish
1: that conversation and start walking away, A1 actually looks at Master Ray's. They're interesting. And Master Ray's, that's a good way of saying it. Shall we proceed? A1 and him follow behind you guys, almost shaking their heads. <laughs>
2: That's
3: fair. I have to agree with that.
1: (laughs) And this is a fairly large docking bay. There are multiple ships in here. And you see repair droids and service droids working on the ships, refueling them, changing out different fluids and stuff like that on the ships. And you see the three guards. I mean, they're very clearly there. You guys are of hiding behind some cargo crates and some parts boxes that are sitting there these three look much better armed and much better trained they actually have blaster rifles
2: do we see her ship yes does it look like we could sneak to the ship without having to fight the guards
1: could attempt it you'd have to make a group stealth check so whoever has the highest stealth score a1 has a yellow and a green he's not the greatest at it
2: there's plenty of stuff we could just kind of zip, hide, zip, hide.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to try it.
2: And I look at the other two with, like, an eyebrow raised to get their opinion.
3: Yeah, uh, they're on board.
1: Uh, it's going to be a red and two purple. Remember, you can flip a light side over and upgrade one of your dice, too.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. going to flip a light side point. So we'll flip it so that you have two yellow and one green, versus red and a purple,
3: and two one red
2: and two purple. Okay. So yeah, roll all that.
3: I rolled a success with a triumph and an advantage. Woohoo!
1: Nice. So we watch as the group goes from crate to crate, kind of hiding behind ships. A one. A1 pretends to be a maintenance droid I was
2: just going to say how is A1 doing this (laughs) He just Boldly goes straight to the thing But is acting like a
1: maintenance A1 gets there And realizes that They have you locked out of your own ship So he plugs in While you guys are trying to Get there He is going to attempt to get past them Uh, he's got four successes pops open the your your little landing ramp and looks around trying to figure out where you guys are he can't figure out where you guys are and then if he had shoulders he would shrug him right now and rolls up onto the ship
3: damn he's so slick like <laughs> <he's>... <laughs> wish I was him
2: Lindsay's in love with A1 I am
1: as you guys are sneaking up, you can hear that he is going through the pre flight, spooling up the engines and getting everything ready.
3: That does not alert the guards.
2: I think he looked like he was supposed to be there since we had a success. Right. Oh, okay, so
3: he was just trying to do maintenance on the, the ship itself. Mm-hmm.
1: He's playing it off that way. Since you got a triumph, he's playing it off the, pretty well. Okay.
2: Alright, so we sneak on in if we're able. Too. We
1: see Master Ray's hold his hand up and point it towards the guards and we hear one of the guards go, what was that? And the other guard, nothing. Must have just been some gas popping. And then you guys successfully sneak past the guard. As you guys get to the entrance of your ship, Master Ray's looks at you two and he bows his head. I hope you succeed and get away from this place. I highly recommend changing your chosen path choose something to be more productive and less destructive and the destructive part he's looking right at you tello uh
2: i kind of do what's almost my signature at this point i just like kind of scratch on the back of my head and be like yeah that's a that's probably a good idea thank you and i offer my hand to him and then i say thank you rawl and i wink while i'm holding my hand out for a handshake
1: he shakes your hand and bows and then disappears behind some crates you guys enter the ship and head to the cockpit where A1 is sitting in the co-pilot's area, and he's plugged into the, the ship. I, uh, got everything ready. Whenever you're ready, the, uh, force field there will let us pass through.
3: Uh, okay. So we're in there, and, and I pull, uh, Tello closer to me and say, you know, if we don't make it through this, just know I think you're a swell lady. <laughs> I like I kiss her, because we could die trying to get out of here. So I wanted to know, wanted her to know that I feel for her.
2: All right, I kiss back.
1: A one kind of, um, isn't there a snuggle pod on here for
3: you guys to do that in?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I I look at him. I say, "What's a snuggle pod?"
3: No time for that right now. Is what I say. We gotta get going. All right.
1: All right. Uh, I guess. Captain, would you like to fly us out?
3: Yeah, so like it's like a slow mo me sitting in my seat, getting buckled in, and like shaking my arms out, getting ready in the area to to take off. Because like I haven't been on my ship in a while, and it feels good to be back. I'm just gonna keep it plain and simple, and we're gonna escape on out.
2: As soon as okay. we like get past the force fields, I just like look over at Crystal and smile at her. I'm like, we're free, and I hug her. And I look
3: surprised that we actually accomplished this, and I hug back.
1: As you guys are exiting out the force field, uh, I'm going to flip over one of these dark side points. You hear some alarms going off, and you see the guards there. They're communicating, and they're firing a the rifles at the ship, which doesn't happen. And as you guys are exiting out, everyone looks over. Uh, uh-oh. I guess we triggered an alarm. How about I plot the course real quick and you do some cool piloting things. And he starts doing some astrogation. Now look. I got two successes and a triumph and three advantages. Man. He's plugging away and as you guys exit out, you see Turbo Laser start f- focusing their aim towards the ship. We'll go, Crystal, let make a piloting space check. Just make it a uh, Two purple and a black die.
2: Okay. That is two successes and one um, disadvantage.
1: Do you want? I so you want to describe how you pilot out in between this turbo laser fire as A one is plotting the course
3: if you've ever seen like an air show of like when planes are flying and they'll do like these point turns so as the lasers are shooting at us I'm going to swing the ship to the left and then swing the ship to the right so we're kind of doing a back and forth like left the wings up vertically instead
2: of horizontally and so then I just keep doing that I put my hand in my face because she's making me sick sick that's the thread I, <laughs> I mean I, I guess I have
3: weaponry on the plane don't I Assuming oh, yeah, you got some,
1: you've got some lasers that you could auto-fire back at the same time.
3: Can I do that?
1: They're auto-firing. A space station this big, you're going to scratch the paint, so to speak. It's not going to do a ton of damage. It's kind of like when a X-Wing in Star Wars was shooting at the Death Star. Really didn't do a ton. So as you're maneuvering through the, the laser fire, A1 looks over at both of you. Uh, buckle up. And then the ship jumps to hyperspace. We see the ship jump to hyperspace. Camera fades out and fades back in as the ship drops out of hyperspace over Coruscant. We follow it as Kristalla brings it in and lands it. A platform not too far from the Jedi Temple. But the Jedi won't give you clearance to land there. Because you don't have official Jedi business. As you guys are heading off the ship, A1 looks over thank you
2: I will hug A1 which is kind of weird because you know he's a tiny little droid but I will hug A1 and I'll be like thank you I can't believe this worked I didn't really expect this to work at all
1: as you're hugging him the little hand pops out of his dome and he pats the top of your head
2: that's what I've been doing to him that's so cute
1: (laughs) he looks at you both so what do you want to do now I have some contacts with the Republic or the Jedi or guess you could just go off on your own.
2: So... So what does Dominic have on us? Like, what else needs cleared, basically, for us?
1: Uh, money would have to be paid to him to clear up the ship's lost cargo. And...
2: Hers, not as Cristal's. Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty much, when Gardula the Hutt's happy, you can go do whatever you want.
3: Because yours is already paid, remember?
2: Right. So my problem was that I had attempted to blow up a hut, and basically, I was hanging out as protection. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So basically, when Gardula the Hut is happy, then Tello's debt is paid off. You could make an underworld check. And that would tell you what she might want.
2: Okay. What's my difficulty?
1: Uh, Make it average, just two purple. The huts are not really secretive.
2: Wow. One success and one threat.
1: One of her enemies tried to blow her up. And if that enemy blew up, she probably would be happy. If you remembered who hired you to do that and somehow blew them up and then let Gardula know that you had done it, she probably would be satisfied.
2: Was that Dominic who had...
1: Dominic is basically just who Gardula is using to punish you.
2: All right. Well, I was also thinking, like, can we just be like, hey, Jedi, we're going to work for you if you'll keep us from indentured servitude. That was my Mm -hmm. other thing.
1: Yeah, you could try that.
2: Yeah, I'll turn to A1. I think you said you had some Jedi contacts where maybe we could, like, help them out so that they can keep, you know, people off our back. Like, maybe Gardula the Hutt and Dominic Raynor. Maybe those sort of people.
1: Yeah. I could introduce you to Master Shane or Master Thal and they could see what they could do. They're pretty influential. Also, with a, if you're worried about a hut, just stay out of hut space. You should be okay.
2: Well, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. So, But what if I want to go to hut space again?
1: All right, then you just risk getting captured by them. It's the same thing if we decide to go back to Tula. Corral could get arrested again, or the Separatists could arrest us because we're wanted. It's it's goofy. I don't understand politics.
2: So I look at Kristala and I say, so... Where to now? To the Jedis. So we well, should you join them. We can help out with the war.
1: Hey, you could. You could join the Republic Army. Ooh, then you really get to blow stuff up. Lots of
2: bad You droids. make an excellent, excellent point, And one And they always, always need
3: more pilots, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you want to join the Army, we met some of them on uh, Ryloth. There was a General Kenobi and his troops. I could give you his contact info.
3: Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he's a general now. Whoa. Yeah, hook, hook us up with him, or what? What? What is? What, what, how would he? How would one be cool? Like, cause I'm like starstruck because I've heard so many cool things about him. Like, I think that would be wonderful.
2: Uh. Oh yeah, Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. That would be great. I don't think Tello's ever heard of him, but But she's, like, picking up that Cristalla is into it. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. I will talk to him when I'm at the temple and have him contact you guys, and they'll let you know who you need to talk to to get involved with the army.
2: We'll give A1 all our information. And after I give him all of our information, I'm like, do you need any other help, or do you just need to get to Coruscant?
1: I just need to get here. I know where to go from here. I'll go to the Jedi Temple, and they'll tell me where the ship is, and I'll go find the Fang and the crew. And
2: Well, best of luck, buddy, and I've his dome again. And I,
3: this time, hug him. And I'm like, if you ever need us, you know where we'll be. Stay safe.
2: Thank you so much for helping us.
3: And then Dua and I walk off into the sunset and hold hands.
2: We definitely do. <laughs>
3: A1
1: watches the two of you head off into the sunset, and he turns around and flips out his jets and heads towards the Jedi Temple. As he gets to the Jedi Temple, he sees the Kralitz Fang is actually on the landing platform. He rushes onto the ship, and he finds that it's empty. Goes over to the ship's sensors and plugs in. Let me try that again. He goes over to the ship's computer and plugs in. Using the ship's sensor, using the trackers that are still in Tazi and Isla figures out that they are on a lift heading down several levels. When he sees that they've stopped, he actually rushes off the ship, drops himself off the edge of the temple, dropping several levels down very quickly. Using his jets, he lands on the same level they are and heads towards where the crew is. And we follow him as he's weaving through all these rows and rows of junk until eventually he sees the crew, notices that there is another R3 unit there impersonating him, ...and moves into the perfect spot to ambush the group.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Raze? Master Raze?
1: Yeah. You remember the guy
0: that... The guy who interviewed us on the platform of Kashyyyk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Jedi. The one who gave us the mission and then vanished. Yes. Right? We never heard from him again. Right. But no one appeared to ever hear from him again. He's now on the wheel undercover? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Technically, he's not there.
3: Are you sure he's undercover and hasn't just gone bad?
1: This episode's
0: Patreon backer is somebody named Christopher Tate. Christopher, thank you very much for everything you do for us. It's really appreciated, and I didn't get I a second page.
1: I think that's I think that's enough. Okay, yeah.
0: I thought it was no, a second no, page good. to no. the script. Okay.
1: Nope. Hey, it's A1. Just wanted you guys to know that Redemption is played using the Star Wars role-playing system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Anybody ever wants to get a hold of us? The ship's com code is at redemption pod. Uh, plus, don't tell anybody, but I put a Net page up for us. Uh, it's redemptionpodcast.com. And uh, if you can, get on your data pad there and like us on iTunes, Google, Play, uh, maybe Stitcher, or whatever other podcatcher you use. Uh, it'd be nice if other people could listen to us. And if uh, you ever want to support us and maybe throw us some credits, uh, you can visit patreon.com redemption. I promise I'll use your credits wisely and won't go gambling. Really, I won't. Don't look at me that way.
0: Hey, one, who are you talking to?
2: <laughs> nah, goodbye. See you next time.